2: TV voice of the Cincinnati Reds, and you're up for late night Reds Talk.
0: What is going on, everybody? It is Monday night, and you know what that means another fantastic episode of Late Night Reds Talk Live. Late Night Reds Talk Live is part of the Belief Podcast Network and Bet Online. We're Bet Online, we're back and better than ever with a new web interface for the rest of the NBA season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code Believe50. That's B-L-E-A-V 50 to receive your bonus. Basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of amazing offers for the amazing for the available for the 2021 season. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Betonline where the game starts. Over unders for baseball come out. You can use Bet Online for that too. I am Tim Daniel, excited to be back after last week having to do my college basketball biz, but here with my crew as always, my good friend, our producer, the man who puts it all together, Mr. Nick Kirby. What is going on,
2: fellas? Happy Monday. That's sad, man. Excited to be here. How was your Thanksgiving? It was pretty nice, pretty nice. uh, Just hung out with the fam. How about you? Yeah, man,
0: same. And then also joining us, we got former big leaguer here in the building with us. Excited to see his face again. Scott is. You guys got your Christmas lights up in your office. Mine's just in my house, so I'm, I'm behind you guys. Uh, but my good friend Carlos Guevara, how are you, man? What's
1: up, boys? Doing
0: well. Excited to be back. I missed you guys last week. Uh, you guys did a great job with Clay and Bryce, so really enjoyed listening back and listening to the show. Um, but man, since I've been gone, I've had to catch up on so much baseball stuff, and obviously the stove has been as hot as hot gets, So we're going to get to that through the episode. But let's kind of go ahead and get started with that. Let's talk a little bit about some of the big action that's going on, and I think the biggest one so far. Are the teams that the Reds were worried about competing against for Nick Castellanos have wouldn't got guys that they've signed a big contract? You see here uh, put together Starling Marte, who played half a season last year for the Oakland A's, just signed a four-year $78 million, deal to be in Queens playing for the Mets. And thankfully, Aveso Garcia is now leaving the Central Division and will be signing, as he signed a four-year $53 million deal to play with the Miami Marlins. First, I want to say I'm very happy the Marlins made signed a big contract for a guy. I know the chances that he probably finishes that contract there are very slim to none, but we know how the Marlins like to do these things in years past. You know, really what the biggest thing I want to kind of talk about there is kind of just the whole thing now. Obviously, the thing that kind of jumps to this, Carlos, you've, you've been on Twitter. You've talked about this quite a bit, is how does this affect Nick Castellanos? Because it kind of seemed like for a bit there the way things were going. These two teams and maybe the Phillies were the teams that were really kind of the Reds were competing against for them. Um, and I guess there's rumors going around right now that Dave Dombrowski has reached out to Scott Boris about Nick Castellanos. It seems like there's been some teams that have been making that action for him, um, but I feel like that market, with how close we are to potential, you know, what, two, three days away, this market might mean that we are, um, this the situation's getting a lot better for Nick Castellanos to come back to the Reds.
1: I don't know. You can kind of look at it both ways, I guess. Um, you know, with with those two signing, I feel, you know, just kind of, eliminate some teams from being in that contention for them. You know, like the Marlins were looking for a big right-handed bat and they got one. I don't know if that means they're going to stop looking, but I kind of like the odds now. Um, I, I think the Reds are are going to go after Nick. Uh, Castellanos, not Kirby. I don't know. You never know. You, you never know who's out there. There's always a mystery team, somebody willing to either overpay or just, you know, something along that line. Um, I just hope that the Reds are sitting back amongst all this Uh, all these signings that are going on the last 48 hours and they've got something up their sleeves for us later.
2: I definitely think that the Reds are more in on, on Castellanos than I think a lot of people would think. I think it's more likely that the Reds are going to wait and see kind of how this new CBA shakes out. Uh, We'll get into it later. We'll talk about potential for expanded playoffs. I think that would be a big determining factor in what the Reds decide to do. The, the one report today was that, that Cassianos is looking for um, a seven to eight year deal. That is a little interesting, not just because you're looking for a seven to eight, million, eight seven to eight year deal it doesn't mean you're gonna get a seven to eight year deal. I don't know about the Reds going that far, you know with, with a free agent. Sure. Um, that would be kind of a little a little farther than I would want them to go. But, yeah, I think I think the Reds are definitely in play here. I do, too. I'm also with
0: you on that, you know, because I've talked to some people when I've, like, been out and about, and they, they know, like, well, I do this. And they're like, well, if you're Nick Craw, wouldn't you give him a blank check? And I was like, no. No, I wouldn't. Like, that's not to say I don't want him back. Uh, it's not to say I don't love him. I think he'd be a great fit for the team still. But – you know, if you have him in a blank check and the, after the season he just had, what he's going to feel like he deserves, who his agent is, like, that could be bad.
2: That could be really bad for the Reds for the future. Yeah, we don't know what other teams are offering Castellanos, so that's right the biggest piece to this puzzle that we don't know. That deal for Avisail Garcia, you know, only four years, uh, 53 minutes, I think it's about 13 and a half or 14 and a half mm-hmm. AAV. That's a really attractive deal. It is. And that's where it gets interesting. It just again, I don't know what the offers are for Castellanos right now. I am very interested. I hope the Reds make an aggressive move at him, but I hope he's not like their only option. I hope they're viewing him as a free agent and they're viewing who would be the best fit overall for, for, for the team for the next several years.
1: Yeah, that was kind of my my uh thought process earlier whenever I text y'all to see who you know who was left out there on the right handed outfield market just because a lot of guys are coming off the board, and it's getting mm-hmm. a little worrisome to where maybe our our chips are all in on what happens if he signs somewhere else, then what? I mean, by then, probably, should, like, you know, the Clint Fraziers and the McCutcheons, all those guys are going to be signed up by then, I feel. And I just hope they don't get themselves too deep in the hole in this Castellanos deal. Yeah, it's just such an interesting
2: time with free agency because you're seeing teams like like the Texas Rangers being super ultra aggressive before we get to this potential lockout. But you're seeing the Yankees, the Dodgers, and the Red Sox sitting on their hands. Teams that you know are yeah. trying to Cardinals. Yeah, the Cardinals did sign mats, but it's not like you know they right. went out and made a massive deal or anything. The Cubs haven't done anything. The Brewers, they've only lost players. So it, it's its interesting. I, I think the Reds are, and I know no one wants to hear it, but I think they're in kind of a wait and see with how the, the new CBA will come out. I think that's going to determine a lot of the the direction. That And, the, and as we've talked about before, what are your potential returns for your your big three pitchers? If if someone's going to give you a haul that's going to you know help you for years and years to come, I think they're going to look at that. And, and I think kind of when all that settles, that's when they're going to kind of determine which direction they're going in. I don't think it's this, we have no clue, we're, we're clueless. I think there's just so many things that have to be answered before they can really set a, a definite direction. I agree, man. I definitely think that that's very valid. I just think the biggest part about
0: it is – Nick, I actually saw you were talking about this on Twitter the other day, and I think you made a really good point as far as uh, one of the things you kind of saw to the Reds' advantage was – um And I, I, I made fun of this literally a couple weeks ago on this show was how much the Reds are attached to fan favorites and how they hold on to them for too long and how that could really actually be beneficial in the sake of what to bring Nick Castellanos back, um, knowing that it could be an uproar with this fan base if they see him sign somewhere else. And the year he just had, I mean, he was on a billboard out on the side of the stadium. You know, I don't have anything to see. Like I would, my best guess would be he was probably one of the top two selling jerseys for the Reds this year with Jonathan India. I don't have that in front of me to prove that's the case. I'm guessing maybe Vado still, um, but yeah, I think that this is going to be kind of a thing where I'm with you. I want them to be aggressive. I don't want that to be their only option. I do kind of see, I do see Carlos's point of being worried about like, well, you know, if they're waiting for Castellanos and they can't go get, you know, someone else who can help them. That's going to be worrisome. I will say this about the fan base. I love you guys. I appreciate all the passion. So please don't hate me when I say this. You're freaking out too soon. I understand you're seeing everyone else doing what they're doing and you're been, you're like, but these memes about like sitting on your hands and all this bullshit, like guys, we are
2: two weeks. We are two days in the hot stove. Can, Can we chill a little bit on the Texas Rangers The Reds' payroll last year was higher than their payroll is right now. Like, they had no one on their books. They did a lot of great things, and I would be super pumped if I'm a Rangers fan. Oh,
0: absolutely. But let's
2: not act like they just added all these guys onto an already exorbitant payroll. They had nothing. Their their payroll was empty three days ago. So Plus,
0: like, yeah, like, those two that they signed, which are great players, I you know, it's awesome. Who else has hits around them in that lineup at this point?
2: Garcia and Garcia? Yeah. That's it, right? Yeah. Right. So, yeah, I mean, they, they don't have a Jonathan India. They don't have a Tyler Stevenson. They don't have right. a Jesse Winker. The Reds already have those guys. Yeah, exactly.
0: So we'll kind of move real quick to the next topic as we're going to go through those. And this is going to be about Wander Franco, who honestly, I might think is my favorite baseball player that's not on a red right now to be totally transparent we've talked a lot on the show we've had a lot of fan interaction a lot of questions about you know are the rays good for baseball Are they bad for baseball carlos has been someone who i really appreciate your insight on because you talked a lot about like well if you're a fan you can't really get attached to guys because it's like they could lose these guys i mean they literally just had a guy that pitched in the 2020 world series and they took him out of game too early, and they traded him to San Diego. Now we're kind of seeing a situation where Wanda Franco signs a 12-year extension worth about maximum of $223 million. I love the idea of just like getting rid of arbitration and just not having that worry and i don't necessarily think he's going to play all 12 years in that contract in tampa by any means no shot <laughs> but i do like that they went ahead and took care of it so they don't have to go through those hearings for about six years i mean if you're going to do it with anyone in that organization this is
2: the guy to do it with frank goes on a lot different level than as much as it pains me to say like an india or a stevenson same yeah um the thing I think we have to remember is we got a kind of a question from from Cooper uh, Willard on, on YouTube a couple of days ago. What's the Wander Franco deal mean for Jose uh, Barrero? And I think you could also probably switch Barrero out for India or Stevenson. Mm-hmm. What, what I would kind of say to that would be, you know, number one, Franco's on a little bit different of a level. So this is a, a move that the Rays think they can potentially, you know, trade and get value from as well the thing with, with, with Stevenson in India sure it'd be great to extend them now, but if you're extending them now, you are going to be hurting the team a little bit the next couple years, because the next couple years, they're going to be on league minimum deals. So if you're signing them to a contract extension, they're probably going to be getting at least $10 million next year and the year after. So that's pretty much going to be 10 million less that the reds would have to spend on, on other areas. So it's one of those things where sure, yeah, it would help, you know, potentially the Reds could maybe get a steal later on, but you're also going to be hurting the team in the short term based on, you know, the budget. Sure, the Reds could just spend more, but again, the budget runs out at some point for, for right. every team. So that's just going to be $10 million, $15 million less right now that you have. So you have to kind of weigh that when you're doing options. The, the best time to extend someone is when you're rebuilding, when you can, you know, you're not worried about, signing guys you know that money can just kind of be whatever because you don't have to fill you're not trying to fill out your whole roster now i know the rays aren't rebuilding but it it would make more sense for the reds if they were like in a full rebuild which i don't think they are anytime soon to be looking to extend guys as opposed to when you know they're they're in a competitive window or close to being in a competitive
1: i don't think that franco do has you know any comparison to any of the guys that are on the reds roster i mean maybe if india or stevenson or heck even Barrero next year you know ends up in in mvp talks it's probably the only way that we'll start comparing the two because that's what wander franco is going to be on at the beginning of next year he's going to be in mvp talks so it's it's a totally different animal i don't i don't like the deal as a as a player um but it's it's hard it's really hard to fault a guy who is going to get guaranteed money who's coming from nothing who's played less than 100 games it's it's really hard to do that but the same time man i want to see somebody sign a half a billion dollar deal yeah
2: if i if i won the 200 million dollar lottery and someone tells me well you can either you know take the 200 million or you can gamble it for 400 million i'm gonna be like nope think of a 200 million like i'm not even gonna think about it you know so i mean the rays are taking some risk i mean you know he has only played what like two months yeah Yeah, i mean so i mean they're taking some risk and you know production probably not a lot of he feels like a sure thing but there's been a lot of players that have felt like a sure thing that didn't pan out and then they're also i mean just taking 12 years god forbid players do have career-ending injuries so you know they are taking on some risk in that you know for a guy that they don't have they got
1: insurance on that baby don't you worry about that
2: (laughs) could franco franco could take out insurance on himself right yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um, that's what a lot of NFL prospects do is like when like their last couple of weeks of college, like in the last couple of years of college football, and they know they're getting ready to go to the draft. They'll take it on their insurance claim in case they have a serious injury. So like Jalen Smith that played for the Cowboys, he had a really bad injury at Notre Dame. But since he had an insurance claim from that injury, he wasn't worried about his rookie contract. It was, it was pretty fascinating, actually, when I read into
2: it. I think I remember that with Andrew Luck. I think he had like a million dollar contract yeah. uh, insurance policy for his last year.
0: That came in handy, apparently, because he retired early. So I don't necessarily mind it. So, Carlos, I'm kind of curious. Uh, you mentioned you didn't necessarily like the contract as a player. Is that coming from just because of who the franchise is? Is that coming from just from being around the league and like being around major leaguers in your time? Um, or just like, like, for example, you know, obviously, I know you're you're obviously we're not. You know, we've talked about it. You're close with Joey. Joey signed that big contract. Is it something where, like, and I'm not judging you when I ask this question by any means. I'm asking, is this something where it's like you just don't like it because it's Tampa and how they treat their players and how they move guys around so much? Or is it just you don't like the risk of what could happen with the injuries?
1: I don't like, you know, because it just it it seems like that's just somebody who's not betting on themselves. Okay. Like accepting, okay, well, I'm not going to maybe I'm not going to be as good or what if I don't, you know, pan out. So here's his money, you know, because a lot of people are going to use his salary, you know, arbitrators are going to use his salary against future players. That's a good point. You know, he's, you know, this guy just won back to back MVPs and he's only making 20 million a year. Okay, you are not in the top 25. So here's your eight million and move on. There's a lot of work that goes into it. And, you know, players of the past um, put in a lot of work for these annual salaries to be this high and for it to be brought back down like this th- that quick it's not i'm making it sound like it's a much worse thing than it actually is i'm sure. sorry for that but i'm just i'm just trying to get to where i can express what i'm trying to say and that man i just it sucks that he's not betting on himself and waiting to you know wait a couple of more years do really do something and then see if they extend something you know
0: yeah and i i get that um i certainly like do. i think if
1: he would have waited the same amount of years that tatis did and and started hitting like he's gonna hit the Rays, there's no way the Rays could have afforded him because, I mean, Tatis signed for what, 350 something, somewhere yeah. around there, and he's going to be a way better hitter than him. Maybe not way better, but he's projected to be better.
0: I think Wander is going to be incredible. I, yeah. I honestly think he's going to be the real deal. Um, I, re- I really like him a lot, and I made a lot of money on his rookie cards this year, so that definitely helps. Um, let's talk real quick about Byron Buxton, too. So this was the one that was kind of the most fascinating to me, honestly, um, for a guy who signs a seven year deal, it's 100 mil. So it's not a very expensive contract as far as AAV. Um, he's got bonuses for MVPs, um, you know, in, in different situations. The talent is there. His guy is phenomenal. We've seen when he's on the field, he can do some amazing things. But the issue is not being able to consistently see him on the field. So. I was definitely a little taken back by the fact he signed that they they agreed to this contract. that Minnesota offered it, not necessarily because he's not a good enough player by any means, because he is tremendous. Just that you know, like he's had a lot of, he's had a lot of injuries, very similar to Jesse Winker. So, what were you guys kind of thinking when you saw this? Was it a shock? Was it something we kind of thought about? Like, is this something that could affect our guys? We just talked about how Wander Franco could affect Jonathan India. Could Byron Buxton f- affect Jesse Winker at all? Do you think?
2: I love the structure of the deal personally. Buxton is an elite player when he is on the field. Like, right. I mean, I'm talking like maybe one of like the top five position players in the game, but He's got 271, 235, and 90 at-bats the last three full seasons. So he's still got $100 million from the Twins and guaranteed money. So I'm certainly not going to feel sorry for a guy that got that much money that hasn't been able to stay on the field. And then I love that that he still gets this, these incentives. I mean, he can make up to, I think, $10.5 million additional on, on top of his you know, already 15 million per year. So I mean this can actually turn out to be over a twenty-five million dollar deal for a particular year if if he you know wins the MVP. And, and I mean even if he finishes in the top, you know, four, that's still that's still like seven and a half million because he's gonna get a full season of, of a full season of plate appearances to match that. So I don't know. I love this structure. I, I would love more structures where you, know, you you get kind of half of it um guaranteed and then the other half um is performance based. I think that it could it could potentially help, you know, teams like the Reds, you know, maybe be able to sign more guys. And then if 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 they all click, then hey, the Reds are stuck with the bill. You know, hey, now you have to pay it. You know, I don't know. I love this. Yeah. I see why players wouldn't, but I think especially for Buxton, I think this was a very, very fair deal just because of how little he's been able to play.
0: It reminds me a lot of the Bengals Andy Dalton contract when he signed his extension. It was yeah. like very little is guaranteed, but if you do this, 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 and this, we'll give you extra money. And, yeah, I'm with you. I do think the idea of it makes a lot of sense. Um, you know, I just do, like I said, I worry about, you know, is he going to ever hit 400, even 400 plate appearances
1: in a year again? We don't know. So, Nick, you work for the owners or what? When do you start working for them?
2: I mean, the guy's making $100 million guaranteed, and he he has a play. Hey, after I understand that. And,
1: and I, this deal, I'm like on the – 50-50, like just because he hasn't, and he probably knows his body better than we do. So I'm not criticizing that at all, but the fact that you say that you like to see these deals like moving forward, get out of here with that shit. Hell no. <laughs> Are you kidding me? I feel like it's a way for someone like Jesse Winker to potentially earn
2: more money on the open market.
1: No. All that's no? going to do is make salaries go down.
2: That's yeah. all that would do. What, would, what do you think Jesse Mar- Jesse Winker would get if he was a free agent right now?
1: I don't know, I'm terrible with with contracts and money like that. You have to give me a comparable player.
0: I would think as far as like left-handed hitting outfielders, who would who is his market be against like Schwarber?
2: Yeah, I mean and, and just with his with his, you know, Winker hasn't been able to play a full season, so I mean I just I, I think that Winker could earn more money with an incentivized contract. I think he's going to cap at I don't know, maybe 60 million over 4 years, something like that, maybe 460. I, I don't know. That's just a wild number I'm throwing out there, but I think that's probably where he caps. Well, Winker might be able to sign for four years, fifty with thirty million dollars of, you know, incentive incentives. So it actually could, you know, I don't know. Would you rather have four fifty or four sixty? But the four fifty you could turn into four eighty if you are able to play a full season. You know, I I don't know. I like the incentivized deals. I get why you and you know a lot of other players wouldn't, but I don't know. I kind of like the AD. players. <laughs> except for Byron Buxton. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, yeah, it would have to be, you know, a, a player like him. Like it'd have to be to like a Nixon Zell or Winker. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I'm not talking like a
2: Castellanos who's never had any injury concerns, except for when Adrian Hauser's an idiot and throws at his hand. Thanks, I'm, t- I'm talking more the the Jesse Winkers, the Nixon Zell would be a great one. I mean, Nixon Zell would be a, a a great guy if he hit the open market, you know, to have an incentivized deal where he could, Hey, you know, instead of just signing one of these, you know, tiny little deals, you know, he could make a lot of money if he if he's able to, you know, stay on the field and produce.
1: As a player, it's probably like the last news that you want to get. Hey, I've got some deals for you, but they're incentive type deals. <laughs> All right. I get that.
0: I totally understand where you're coming from there. Um, so I can see both sides of it. You know, I guess if I had to pick what I'd be down the middle. So, maybe that's not mm. the sexiest. Yes, I know. I Pick know. On.
2: Pick one of us, Tim. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Luis Castillo contra- conversations have been popping up, folks. And so now we're kind of checking this out where it's been reported that he's been unlikely to be moved. Uh, it's been reported that the Angels and the Reds have had talks. It's also been reported now that Tyler Male has been open, but they're unlikely. So this is kind of getting wild here. I've uh, kind of we kind of suspected this would always be the Luis Castillo market, right? Like we we heard these conversations last year. It was a couple of weeks ago we discussed the idea of Joe Adele coming to Cincinnati for Luis Castillo. We've discussed multiple times that, you know. I think Nick might be in agreement that we feel like Sonny Gray has probably pitched his last game for the Reds. Uh, This is all kind of popping up. And then you look at teams today like the Dodgers, You know, obviously losing Max Scherzer. I know one guy in this group chat is very excited about the things that have happened to the Dodgers today. His name is Carlos Guara, and losing Max Scherzer and Corey Seager, and probably more the way things are sounding.
2: So... The poor Dodgers. I feel so sorry for
0: them. Yeah, you just hate to see it, oh right? Oh my
2: gosh. How are they just, gonna recover?
0: If Clayton Kershaw leaves, I'm gonna be so fired up. Until they get the entire Reds <laughs> rotation.
2: Yeah, right. Just trade for all three of them. Yeah. yeah. That
0: that probably would happen. You're right. The whole thing right now with you know Luis Castillo, I think we've all kind of been we've discussed this a lot and we, we kind of knew this would be a theme at the end of the year that we'd be talking about quite a bit. I still kind of have this feeling that come March thirty-first, twenty twenty two, he'll be a red. I would have probably said 95%, but I'm probably now more like at 83%, if that's fair. Um, So kind of curious your guys' thoughts on these kind of reports. I think it's always good to listen, but I also suspect that this is a guy who had a really, really good second half to his year. That's a guy, you know, you want to make sure you get something good back for him.
2: I don't think any of them get traded. That's my, my gut. I mean, I think it's possible, you know, I think they absolutely should be listening to every single one of these guys, seeing what the market's like. Maybe a team like the Dodgers gets a little more desperate and wants to overpay, you know, a potential deal that I, I said before that made a lot of sense was maybe something like Dustin May and Gavin Lux for Castillo. Dodgers are willing to pony up for that. I mean, that's not a deal that makes you terrible in 2022, and it definitely makes you better in 2024 because you don't even have Luis Castillo right now in 2024 and beyond. I don't know. I, I said in the before the offseason, I thought one of Gray or Miley would for sure be gone. Or, sorry, one of Gray or um, yeah, one of Gray or Miley, but Miley's already gone. So I think they'll all be back. I just I don't think anyone's going to give up enough, and and I I think the Reds are going to hold really really firm to a high asking price.
1: Yeah, as they should. Absolutely. If I thought anybody was going to go, it's still going to be gray for me. Yeah, it's interesting to see how it's going to play out. Maybe they let Castellanos walk, sign a couple of cheaper guys, extend Luis Castillo maybe. That would be kind of some good news. I'm all on the extend uh,
2: Malley train. I just I think that his value for what you could potentially get for him on an extension right now is better than than, than Castillo. That the guy would look for, it. and those are the those are the guys for the Reds right now to be looking at extending because they're already making about seven million dollars projected for 2022. So if you're extending them and you're you know paying them 10 or 12,
1: you're not really burning the budget up too much on them because you're already going to be paying them. Max asked on that on the uh, chat about the Dodgers losing a lot today. Think if they maybe pivot to Castillo. To help fill that void. I mean, sure. I, I don't know what they have prospect wise to give back. So they have everyone. everyone.
2: Yeah. They have a lot of options and they have a lot of young controllable players too. That aren't maybe necessarily prospects like your, your Gavin Luxes of the world. I mean, they have a lot of players like that. So Chris
0: Taylor, no, Chris Taylor's a free agent, isn't he?
2: Yeah. Chris Taylor's yeah. a free agent. So yeah. I mean, I definitely think the Dodgers are, are more viable than they were yesterday. But again, I, I just I don't know if a team's going to give up enough to to really warrant you trading them at this point, because I mean, again, at this point, we know, you know, you get a qualifying you, you can qualify and offer these guys if they get the free agency. So it's got to be a significantly better price than that because you're giving up them pitching for you too for the next two years. Right. So it has to really, really um, um, be good.
0: Well, I know we got another L.A. team to talk about here in a little bit with the uh, Michael Lorenzo news. But before we get to that, guys, we got to talk about Lightbox. Say goodbye to dull gifts. Lightbox lab-grown diamonds are the brightest gift of the year. Use cutting-edge technology and innovative techniques. They've cracked the science of sparkle, creating the highest quality lab-grown diamonds you can find. A light price of $800 per carat. $800. They have the same makeup of natural diamonds, but are just grown in a lab. Because of the process, they can create stones in blush pink and beautiful blue as well. A classic white. We're all married men, so we know all about this. Lightbox tab-grown diamonds are the gift they'll never want to take off. Press so they won't have to. They really do make an outfit sparkle. Visit lightboxjewelry.com and add sparkle to your holiday shopping. That's lightboxjewelry.com. Lightbox diamonds. Never a dull moment. And you want to talk about never a dull moment, folks. You like that segue? That was pretty good, right? Not bad. Get better at this. B+. plus. B-plus, please. Tough judge. Tough judge. You are, man. You're like the Simon Cal of ad reads. Do people still make that reference? I don't know. Anyway. Just just you. Okay, just me. Michael Lorenzen. My horrible prediction that Michael Lorenzen would be the guy that would stay in Cincinnati (sighs) happened as Michael Lorenzen signs a one-year $7 million contract with the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. So we'd see now that Michael Lorenzen, who is going to be the National League show, Hey, Otani is now the American League B minus Shohei Otani for bringing out alphabet grades. But I do have to say, I'm sad to see him go. I really enjoyed him here. I do think this is a cool fit for him as a starting pitcher, um, obviously being an AL guy. And I got to bring up, the you know, it's got to be brought up, and it has been a few times on Twitter when people were talking about, well, he can go there and he can DH and he can hit. It's like, I think he's had like a run of like 70 good at bats. Other than that, He's kind of been a below-average Major League hitter. But having, yes, the expense to do so is great. Um, this team also brought in Noah Syndergaard. So, you know, the Angels are making moves. But when the time comes that Shohei Otani's contract comes up, like, is their team just, their payroll just going to be Mike Trout and Shohei Otani? The Pujols' dead money is almost up here in a couple of years, if I remember correctly. I don't think they stretched it. I mean, obviously, Lorenzen had a really fun career here, had some awesome moments where he hit the home run against the Dodgers his first game after his dad passed. That was at that game. And man, that was like one of the coolest moments to be in a sta- to be in the stadium. He was definitely one of my favorite players to see over time. I always a- I appreciated that we they had all these different options with them. So it does stink that he's going on, moving on. Um, but you know, seven mil for a guy who's kind of a tweener, starting re- starter or reliever, seems like a little much to me. So I don't necessarily blame the Reds for not matching this or any means.
2: Yeah, I mean, he makes a lot more sense for the Angels than a team like the Reds. The Angels are just so desperate for pitching, and- yeah. Lorenzen is is an innings eater. You know, he is a guy that you can have as a reliever. You can, you know, have big starts. That's the kind of guy that the Angels need. So it makes a lot of sense for him. I don't really think the offense was really a big part of it. I think it's more probably that it's in California, you know, in LA where he's from. But Lorenzo's Lorenz is interesting. I feel like Lorenzen's one of those guys that is so overrated. By a portion of the Reds fan base, and it is underrated by another portion of it. some Reds fans that think he was like this elite reliever, which he wasn't. But then there's others that think he had like no value. The Reds had a lot of value to the Reds. Uh it, it just it it wasn't as this you know like lockdown reliever. He was a a bulk reliever, bulk innings, and eleventh most in Reds history in inning pitched. You know, uh fourteenth and and wins above replacement as a reliever. No, he had a, he had a fine career and. You know, I posted a video earlier today, you know, I know no one wants to ever give the Reds any credit for 2020 and like wants to make it a, like that never happened. I don't know. I thought the end of 2020 was a really fun end of the year. I enjoyed it. I thought it was cool. Lorenzo was a big part of that. You know, the Reds were looked like they were toast. Sunday Gray went down, they were toast and Lorenzo hadn't started in a couple of years, came in and made two um, solid starts and then pitched three innings of relief in the clincher. And, uh, Was a big part of that 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 great run, the only really good Reds run of the last eight years. So, yeah, just kind of interesting. He's kind of one of those those guys that, you know, I definitely like. You said I really enjoyed Lorenzen. I I, was, you know, whatever. All the cliches about great representative of your, you know, team and city and all that. But yeah, sad to see him go. But I also don't think the Reds should have paid him seven million either.
1: Yeah, I think it was an easy choice just to go ahead and let him walk because. His heart's obviously not relieving, and it's a total, you know, two totally different things to get ready for a season for, whether you're starting and worrying about your fourth and fifth pitches or however many you're going to have as to your dominant two plus one. You know, it's it's a big difference. Seven million is a lot for him, uh, especially someone who can't stay as healthy over the last couple of years. I don't think he's going to too much hitting wise over there. I'm sure they'll give him a crack at it early, but I don't think it's going to be much of an option for him. It's going to be funny seeing him and, notice in the guards with their cut off sleeves every day the guys biceps are huge he did he had a good career that was pretty pretty rough on him but um i don't know not gonna hurt my feelings probably one of the most insane athletes i've ever seen play for the reds
0: i mean like some of the stuff he could do like that you'd see like in his instagram videos and stuff are pretty wild yeah, i wasn't i didn't see any of those he like balanced like a jug like a gallon like a glass of water on his forehead and like bent down like with his back and like kept it balanced the whole time, like crazy cause man.
2: Cause he didn't lay in bed at night watching Michael Lorenzen Instagram videos. Yeah, like like who Tim. are you?
0: I wouldn't say I was in bed. First off, don't 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 do get twisted. <laughs> Curb right. recliner massage chair at the gym, but you know, <laughs> yeah. Hope the best for you. Uh, also, looks like another more Reds news as uh, CNL Perez was claimed off of the waiver wire for the Reds um, and gone going to Baltimore. I don't really have much on this. I know there's people out there that are much higher on him than me. Um, I hope he ends up being a pretty good major league pitcher, but I didn't see any reason to believe he would be. He's got some arm talent, but I feel like every time he came to a game, uh, people were ducking in the outfield for balls that were heading that way. So I think his all-time reds moment will be that time he was in the bullpen in Pittsburgh and he was waving his arm for swords to go home and score.
2: Perez has a lot of talent. You know, he had better success in the minors last year strike a lot of guys out but can't throw strikes it's it's hard to be too upset about you know the guy not having a roster spot so i wish he would have had an option because if he had an option i I think the reds definitely would have kept him but without being you know optionable and you have to keep him on the major league roster i just don't think he's worth the risk you know worth the risk of about you know not being able to pick up other guys um to hold a spot for him.
1: I didn't have a whole much on TNO. So, you know, he had good stuff. I remember watching in spring and, and reaching out to Joey and he was you know I said man this guy's probably got the best stuff as a left hander. And he said yeah I, I agree but he's like he just, he can't he's got to control it. He's got to spend some time in the miners and he ended up making the team but yeah maybe you'll figure it out. We'll see. From Nathan Price Yes. how
0: concerned are you that Bob demands the Reds lose value on Sonny Gray by packaging so good a dump payroll? I'm not, at all, truthfully. Um, I do think they'll try to find a way to get off the Shogo contract. I don't necessarily think they will.
2: I think the Reds still have about 15 million to spend. I, I think they they did their dumping. I think that that trading Castillo, Gray, or Malley is about the future, not about saving money. Um, I agree. And I know that's the easy narrative right now, but those guys aren't making big bucks in, in terms of baseball, like like 10 million for Sunday Gray. That's, that's not a lot of money. So I, I don't know. I think they've done what they needed to do to get their payroll where they want to have a little bit of flexibility, but I don't see them dumping any other, any other salary at this point.
0: All right. So let's kind of go to this news coming out about um, Aristides Aquino. Apparently the planning to send a hitting coach to the Dominican Republic to work with him this off season. I kind of suspected that he would play winter ball. Um and that was but I, maybe that's something the Reds told him not to do. I don't really know how that works. I think we've kind of all talked about this. We know the power's there. Uh we just like to see him he consistently hit it. And, you know, he's that he's your typical I mean, I wouldn't say typical, but was what was this? Uh Pedro Serrano from Major League. Fastball he can hit hard, curveball he can't hit for kind of uh-huh. thing. So Yeah. I, I hopefully like, I still have hope for Aquino. I don't know if he's going to end up being a major league star by any means, but that month that we're always going to remember in 2019, man, that was, that was a blast. And I don't know if we'll ever recreate it again, but if he's in even half of that, I'll take it.
2: Yeah. I I think the Reds are sending a coach to the DR to work with them. I mean, I think that kind of puts away the narrative that the Reds are going to, you know, not bring him back next year. I mean, I definitely think yeah, you. Would, I don't think you send a guy to the Dominican Republic if you're like, yeah, we're probably not going to even send him to spring training. We're just going to cut him loose, right? I mean, so it definitely sounds like he's at least a, a thought of potential part of the, the the plans. You know, everyone knows me. I'm I'm high on Aquino. You know, I just think there's so much talent there. You know, the one thing I, I have really liked is, you know, his walk rate continues to climb. 7.1 to 10.7 to 13.2 the last three years. So, that is a step in the right direction obviously strikeouts can be overrated but you know strikes out a lot he's he's got to find a way to make more contact but he's a lottery ticket for the reds and he's on a league minimum deal still next year so i don't know why you wouldn't you know continue to to bring him to camp and give him a shot you know maybe at some point you do have to you know cut him because he's out of options you can't send him to triple a but I don't think that times yet, especially with how slim the Reds are right
1: now in the outfield. Yeah, it's good. It's good to see that that they're investing in him a little bit. They need to send a couple more hitting coaches throughout the world to visit some players, but not just him. We all remember the highlights. I mean, I feel like he hit better than what he actually did this year. At looking at, I remember looking at his numbers in September. I was like God, dang! I can't believe he's hitting this bad. But I don't know. I I, I like him too. In you know, plus defender. He's, he's exciting to watch. On. I mean, it, it, Nick's right. He's he's a wild card, man. How nice would it be just to get some consistency out of him?
2: And, and he did still hit left-handed pitching above average last year, which yeah. the Reds—that's their biggest. That was their biggest issue. So uh, again, he's a lottery ticket, but he's a league minimum lottery ticket. You know, I have no problem with them. You know, ride him out a little bit longer.
0: All right. So our last thing before we kind of go through the Reds non-tender candidates. Uh, it looks like today the MLB and MLB are discussed the extended playoffs and a possible draft lottery. I'm gonna be 50-50 on this. I'm not gonna lie to you. <laughs> As someone who covers basketball in the NBA and someone who's rooted for the Chicago Bulls and has been in a lot of lotteries in the last 25 years, they could be really fun. Uh, they're you know, when your team's there, potentially like, you know, the Zion lottery. I thought the Bulls for sure were like they had the top four they had top four odds. I was like, yes, I'm cool with that. Expanded playoffs, I don't know. I, I mean, I like the idea of, like, the top seed getting a bye, but I don't really like the three-game wildcard series that everyone, like, seems to like. Maybe I'm the minority there. I love the one game. I love the, like, if people are going to bitch about it, it's like, well, win your division. You know, like, I love that reaction to it. But really, I just kind of feel like uh, a lot of this is just kind of weird, and I don't necessarily love the idea of it. I don't know if we want to kind of touch a few things. It's uh, division winners get a couple th- get a couple spots right, and then uh, they can pick the- they can pick who they play in the best of three wild card round. Like, will that be that would probably be televised? So that could at least be interesting. Of what?
1: Yeah, I can already see the stupid shirts being made. Oh, they wanted us. They picked <laughs> us. No, be slack, careful what you wish us. for. Yeah, <laughs> us against the world. When I saw that whenever Tucker was worried. I'm like, what? Who's a like who's against y'all? No, most people don't even know y'all exist. Love the, the televised part of it. I don't know about do these. I don't know about
2: the I'm, I'm I think that's fascinating. The more storylines I can get, the better. I don't know about the expanded playoffs. I love the playoff format, like Tim said, the way it is right now. I love the one-game playoff. I love that, you know, they reward the division winners. Don't really love the idea of a three game series in one ballpark. So you get to the playoffs, but you're playing the three game series, but you're not going to get a home game. That's that, that part of it's kind of weird. I yeah, do I feel, feel like the like, like, playoff. Yeah. it. Yeah. And I don't know, maybe that would have been different with fans, but I didn't really love that. And not just because the reds, you know, uh, couldn't get a run. Uh but I don't know. Expanded playoffs feel inevitable, so it's kind of one of these things, how long do we want to die on this 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 train that's running off the tracks? Uh, the Reds would have made the playoffs last year, though. <laughs> they would have been the sixth. True. Season. So, I don't know. I mean, I guess it's a way for the Reds to get in the playoffs more. Uh, if this does happen, all of a sudden the Reds are legit playoff contenders next year, right? I mean... I, I
1: and then why spend money on anybody? <laughs>
2: I don't think it really
1: would change the trajectory all that much um, for the Reds, at least might trip, some other teams, uh, yeah, I guess but I, that's. but that's what we all want, right? We all want the Reds to change their trajectory and spend more money. Well,
2: I, I don't think if, if it's the same playoffs versus seven, I don't think it's going to change the yeah. Reds, what the Reds do or don't do, or what the Reds do. I, I think maybe if they, if they don't get expanded, I think maybe that gives them more of a, a reason to say, yeah, 2022 know, is probably not our year, and maybe not like I don't think they're gonna be dumping guys necessarily, but maybe you know be more willing to to push a Gray trade across the table versus yeah, you know, I think Gray Gray's a lot more attractive to the Reds in 2022 if there's a seven team versus not.
1: I don't know. Yeah, I just there's not much I like about this at all. Like it's it's not good, you know, for the players unless they drastically change the bonus payouts. Because like I think the first round you get like twenty five thousand dollars.
2: There was something in there about that. I I don't know the exact thing. There is some additional pay because that's the only way they're going to get the, uh, you know, the the MLBPA to agree to it. So there is some incentive in that. Again, I feel like it's inevitable, so
1: there's going to have to be some sort of structure. Yeah, and then it sucks for that one team that's not going to play for four or five days. Well, it
2: depends. So I would assume with this, they would probably take out any tiebreaker games. And so, you know, this probably starts on, like, you know, season ends Sunday. This probably starts Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then the other teams playing on Saturday, which right now they don't play till like, Friday, really, so... I don't really think it's it's necessarily going to be that much more of a weight for them. The draft think- lottery is weird, though. I don't I don't really think that plays as well in baseball. I mean, it might be good for like the health of the sport and tanking and all that kind of stuff.
1: But I, would, I don't I would I, like it if they if they kept it open to everybody. But this is saying just the the worst three teams go in the actual lottery.
0: Yeah, do what the NBA does. Like the top, the worst four teams have the best chances. And then the, tr- the trance has trickled down from there. But, you know, to further Nick's point, how do people even pay attention to the MLB draft besides like, you know, us, because we do this podcast and we love the baseball team. But like, you know, until like the like last few years, when they were picking the top five. I didn't. And then maybe this is just me personally, but like I knew who Nick Zell Hunter green and Jonathan India were, but like the rest of those first round picks for years, I was like, I, I don't know who they are. Are they good? Uh-huh. Okay, cool. Like, you know what I mean? Like, So I don't know how many people are fascinated with the MLB draft enough
2: to see a lottery and want to see it. Yeah, I don't, I I mean, I look at every guy that's picked. I, you know, Google them and that's about the extent of it for the Reds. I don't really care about what other teams draft.
1: That was kind of going back to Clay's question about whether he thought that it'd lead owners to being more aggressive to get in or not. I I, I don't think it would. I, I would think that you know teams like the reds you know they'd be put at ease by just making the playoffs and being okay with it and keeping you know stuff status quo i think it may change teams
2: more at the the deadline than like in the off season i don't think it's really going to change a lot of teams you know plans for in the off season whether how far they're going to go for it but i think when you're 2 months away from the end of the season i mean it's a if there's seven teams in Versus five, and you're like that six team, but you know you're still like five or six games behind the fifth. Versus you have a lead, you know that it has to change. There's more pressure on you to to you know stay the course, or to even add you know even some small pieces. So I think it would definitely change the the deadline, some of the thinking. But I I agree. I don't think in the off season it's going to do very much. How
1: does how does how does that work with the NBA, Tim? Are there a lot of moves with those seeds that are like? you know, six through nine, six through 10.
0: It depends on the draft class per se. Um, so if you look at like this year's draft class, yeah, there was a lot of teams that were trying to move up and down. Um, 2020, there was a lot of teams that were trying to move around because that was obviously the Zion Williamson, and John Morant draft.
1: No, no, no. Uh, I'm talking about like during the season, like when mm-hmm. teams, like at the trade, trade deadline and teams are sitting at the sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth uh, spot for the current playoffs, like, mm-hmm. are those guys making trades, of oh, trying yeah. to get better, or are they, do you still see, like, the 8-9 seeds, like, di- giving away players?
0: I think it really necessarily depends on the franchise and their structure. But, yeah, you definitely do see it. I mean, like, last year, it kind of backfired on them, but um, the Bulls were really close. And so they called Orlando and got Nikola Vucevic. And, you know, they're obviously playing well now. It took a year, but they, they got Vucevic with the intent of being in the draft, I mean, being in the playoffs that year. Mm-hmm. and they gave up two first-round picks for them, and they missed the playoffs. So mm-hmm. you definitely see it happen a lot, um, especially like teams like big market teams like Brooklyn, L.A. They're, teams that, they're, they're groups that really go after guys like Cleveland. The years that LeBron was there, they obviously, like at the trade deadline, they would try to get guys to make their team better. But also the thing with the NBA that doesn't necessarily happen a lot in baseball is the buyout market is really big. So, like, mm-hmm. you know, Darren Williams was a perfect example when he ended up playing for Cleveland for half a year because um, I think it was Utah was it Utah. It was somebody was just like, you know, we don't want to pay anymore. So they did a buyout contract so he could like get paid the salary he was owed by this former team and go sign with the Cavs for like a million and just play the rest of the year for him. So that's, that's the only difference between basketball and baseball, really in that case.
2: I think there would also be some differences too, just because the, the seven seed in baseball is going to have a significantly higher chance of winning a round or two rounds or three rounds than the seven or eight seed in the NBA. Right. Yeah. I absolutely. mean, it's, it's pretty rare that, that I think of the NBA, like the eight seed is able to beat the one, especially when the one is like, you know, the the legit one, whereas in baseball, you know, I mean, look at the Braves, they were one of the worst teams in the playoffs and they just won the world series. So, you know, baseball's a little more you get in you know you're always going to have a chance especially and in in the playoffs are such a different game too right like the reds could be kind of a mediocre team next year during the regular season but you get to the playoffs with castillo gray and uh, Mally, and all of a sudden and even you know two two or three good relievers you're a lot more formidable in, in a short three best of three series so I think there would be some, some differences with that, but, but yeah, I, I don't know. I think it would, it would definitely be good in season. I, I don't, but I don't think it really changes necessarily the off season.
0: Yeah. Hey, Matthew, let's kind of go through the last part of the show here uh, and kind of go through some of the reds, non tender options and kind of discuss these. So we're going to just go through and kind of, I know Nick kind of, you said you wanted to kind of evaluate each guy here. So, there's a handful of people that we can kind of talk. We're going to be talking about. Um, obviously, you start here. This is your ace. It's Luis Castillo. Um, the, set, the figure, uh, according to MLB trade rumors, was seven point six mil. You know, we obviously know the kind of player that he is. Um, I think seven point six mil might still be a bargain for Luis Castillo. I don't know if I'm in the minority there or not, but it's um, a yeah, yeah, he's still pretty awesome at baseball. So I, I, I'm, I'm all for that fund. I don't mind that money at all for him.
2: Yeah, Luis Castillo is going to get picked up. Uh, I don't.
1: I don't think that's a, no. a question. Yeah, just not seven times better than him. <laughs>
0: right. Jesse Winker, MLB All Star, six point eight million.
2: Pick him up. Yeah, <laughs> and I, this is another easy selection. You know, at six point eight million. That's another, you know, good deal for for Winker. So yeah, but it, it is a but it, just in, in there. It, it is a big race. I mean, you know, these are you know these first couple of guys, these are significantly higher, you know, uh dollar amounts than they were making the year before. So that, that is some of the, you know, where the money is going as the, you know, as you move from last year to next year.
0: Tyler Malley, who we've heard is being talked for trades. Um, you know, Nick just talked about it. this is likely, you know, if the Reds are in a short series in the playoffs next year, this is your number three. So yeah, I think five point six million solid for him. And I know the joke's gonna come. Yes, he has struggled to pitch at Great American Ballpark, but I suspect as he gets older, that'll that'll, that'll get better. I just want him to throw less pitches and innings. I'm cool with that. if he does that, I'll give him the money.
2: Yeah, I mean, I I think if if there's like a two million difference between Malley and Castillo, that's why I that's if that's an actual correct value that they've the value of that right, that's why I think Malley's a significantly better. Bargain for a contract extension.
0: Now here's where it kind of gets interesting. So Tyler Naquin was obviously a very big surprise for the team, um, picked up for nothing basically uh, after the Indians let him go. Do I say the Indians still, or could do I have to say Guardians now?
1: Guardians.
2: Okay. Well, it, w- it was the Indians at the time, so yes. I don't know.
0: I like the idea of picking it up and having it giving him a chance because he really was good. I mean, there was a stretch when you know Winker was out and he was their second best left-handed hitter on the team behind Joey. Um, and obviously, you know, as Nick Senzel was injured and Shogo was kind of like not really hitting well and also not playing an injury for a while, Maquin did a great job filling in center field. Um, so I would love to see him get another shot. I think he had three pretty damn good months last year. So I'm, I'm totally cool with the Reds given this, giving that 3.6, if that's the right value, of course.
2: Yeah. I, I definitely think that, that he should be picked up. Um, this is, probably the only one of these players that is making it, that is set to make a substantial amount of, of, of change next year that you could, if you're trying to cut, you could, you could cut just to save money. I think all the guys below, if you're cutting them, it's more about the 40 man roster spot than Mm -hmm. actually the, the salary. Um, and we'll talk more about that when we get to them, but yeah, Naquin's a really good hitter against right-handed pitching. Um, Really, really good, and uh, 3.6 million for a guy that can play—you know—all three outfield positions. I think he'd be a lot better in the corner. Um, I, I think his his defensive numbers would look a lot better playing left field or right field. But yeah, I definitely think he should be back at 3.6. Yeah,
1: yeah, for sure. Me too. Obviously. Done. Next slide. Yep. Pick <laughs>
0: it up, Kyle Farmer. He stays 89th percentile, problem. outs above average. Write that down. At least as a platoon shortstop, you know, with I guess some other guy Reds fans really like that.
1: No, I think he'll – yeah. For, I don't think I'd go over over three if they're asking for it, but – Yeah. I mean, let's see a good number.
2: I don't know if the Reds think he actually can catch or not. I don't think they think he could. I don't but think. that would be interesting if, if he – Oh yeah that's a good point. Picked up that as a backup role again and you know catch your shortstop extraordinaire as your you know that that's a way to really maximize that 2.2 2 million estimate. Mm-mm. I don't I don't I don't think that's what would happen but it, you know it, that is where he came up as and I mean I, I'm assuming you know catching something you don't just say, Hey, I'm going to go catch again. You know, and yeah. like you're, you know yeah. <laughs> I think it's a little yeah, more,
0: I don't think Joey's going to catch again after he was
2: drafted. So yeah. But yeah, I think they pick him up. It is 2.2 2 million. So I, I don't know. I mean um, they did non-tender him last year. I think people forget that they, they non-tendered him and then they, yeah. they, they, I guess signed him for a little bit less. It was a little less guaranteed or something like that, but yeah. 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 Mir Garrett. Um, obviously everyone loves
0: the K rate, but you know, and the whiffs are nice, but everything else obviously was a pretty brutal year. Um, he's brought a lot of attention onto himself in not very good ways. Obviously. Um, I, I like Amir and I do think he certainly has the ceiling to be a very good and left-handed relief pitcher, but I'm not in love with after what he did this last season, the idea of him being back on this team. I would not be shocked if the Reds not tendered him.
1: Carlos, you go first. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, How much do they lose if he doesn't make the team out of camp? So it's, I I was trying to
2: find the the actual numbers while we're doing this. So if it's it's a 15 and then a 30 day. So if you cut someone when there's still 30 days left before opening day, it's, I think it's like $45,000. And then if it's like, within 15 days before opening day, it's like $90,000. So it's, that's the thing I think a lot of people don't understand. I didn't understand it till more recently is that just because that you sign them for arbitration doesn't mean that that's guaranteed. It's not like, you know, when you're talking about picking up Tucker Barnhart's option, you pick up his 7.5 million dollar option. You're paying that. You can't get out of that. Yeah. Whereas these guys, you know, you can, you can send Amir Garrett to camp. And if you see no sign of improvement, I think if you're you're talking less than a hundred thousand dollars, which in, in baseball is not that much money. I think he's worth that risk for for that part of it. Um, I also think it's possible that maybe someone, as the reliever market maybe starts to you know dwindle, says, "Hey, you know what? I want to take a chance on Amir Garrett. You know, and, and maybe he's a potential trade ship." So it just it it would honestly. This would be one thing I would really have a difficult time understanding if the Reds did non-tender him. Why the hell did you keep him all last year? Because he, you were clearly hiding him in the bullpen yeah, that's in true. July, August, and September. So that would I feel like that would make them – that would be one thing that I would really just not get at all, and I would be very confused on because you completely wasted a roster spot on him. And, and I, I just always assumed it was because – we want to give him another off season and, 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 you know, we don't want to, you know, you know, lose the talent, you know, but there's definitely talent there.
1: Yeah. See how I got Nick to go first. (laughs) 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 But yeah, for, for all all you're going to lose is 90, 90 grand for him to, you know, have all the spring training to show that he's worth staying on the team. Then absolutely as much as I'm, you know, done with seeing him in a reds uniform, I mean, you got to take the chance. I mean, he was pretty, pretty good whenever he was on. Um, but it just, I don't know.
2: You're not just going to pick, pick up someone with that potential talent. Yeah. For, if for he's going work as hard nothing. as he
1: said he was. And, you know, he's told us stuff in the past before that really didn't hold any weight to it as the season went along, but he's left-handed. He's whatever, six, five. I mean, you, you got to give him a shot. I mean, Lefties are a rare breed, and they get all the breaks. I'm a bit of right-handed, so. Uh,
2: <laughs> but yeah. how how many times have we seen a reliever have just a completely awful year, and then the next year they're fixed? For Bryce Glacius. Yeah, I mean, the, and I don't think Glacius was ever as bad as he no. was in that one year, but but yeah, I mean, but like J.J. Hoover, like he had great year. <laughs> Terrible year, great year, terrible year. Like I, I there was never any explanation for it. Hoover was really J. good. JJ Hoover. JJ Hoover had some good years and he oh. had some fuck. I hated atrocious at that guy. Years. Yeah, that beer was not not pretty. I, I didn't yeah. like that. JJ For watching, I'm sorry.
0: Never ever forget watching him give up a grand slam to Juan Francisco <laughs> when he was traded for Juan Francisco.
1: So uh, enough JJ Hoover talk.
0: Yes, it is. Let's get to some good happiness here. This right here, in my opinion, could potentially be the biggest bargain in this conversation we're having.
1: Him and Kyle Farmer.
0: Yeah, him and Kyle Farmer. You're right. Luis Sessa, this is an easy pickup for me. Obviously, you traded for him for a reason. Um, it was fantastic down the stretch for this team. Like I think he had what, was like a 14, 15 innings without giving up a run. He had a stretch like that this year um, when the bullpen, obviously, we saw which was pretty rough. Um, so, yeah, I think obviously the Reds plan to bring him back, and I think he's only going to get better, uh, especially with DJ and Crew helping him out.
2: Just reliable arm, throws yeah, strikes, which was such a welcome, you know, sign in this bullpen, you know, when when they got him. But yeah, I think he's a great, great pickup, no no brainer at one point six, for sure. Lucas Sims, next next guy. I mean, he's another obviously obviously no brainer, but
0: yeah, Lucas Sims, this, at.
2: look at, if you're watching, look at those stat cast numbers, man. That, <sighs> that, that's, that's why, uh, that, that's why I, I'm so high on him, but yeah, I think he's, I think he's due for a, a big, you know, he had that kind of breakout year in, in 2020, but you know, obviously it was very short. He was really, really good in 2020. Uh, but yeah, he had a lot of things not go his way. He was hurt last year. Um, had some tough luck games pitching that Monsoon game, which really blew up his ERA. But yeah, I mean, for 1.2 million, I mean, that's that's a, a hell of an arm.
0: With it. Yeah, for sure. And then we've got Nick Senzel here. And obviously, this is one that's very controversial for a lot of people. Um, look, I still really love Nick Senzel. I still believe in the ceiling. I don't know how much the Reds necessarily believe in the ceiling anymore. Um, but 1.1 million—that's easy to me to give him a shot. Obviously, you took him that high in the draft for a reason. I don't know if he'll ever live up to that. I—I I doubt he'll live up to that at this point with what we've seen so far. But, you know, my biggest frustration with him is not necessarily him being on—you know, on and off the field. It's how's he so fast and he can't steal bases—is what I'm kind of like frustrated about. But, obviously, a hell of enough athlete to learn to play center field maybe not be the best sort metrically, but still kind of tracks some balls down that none others can. Um I still think he could you know, he really before he got hurt was really good in the box for a stretcher, it was taking more pitches, was learning to walk. So I like him. I I I you know I think one point an easy thing for me.
2: Yeah, I mean the one point one's a no brainer to pick him up. I don't know what to expect out of Nixon Zell. I think the Reds will be silly to trade him unless like he's a throw in to really like make a deal happen or not happen. Um I think you just got to ride him out and see what you got with him. You know, the guy I've really loved all offseason has been Chris Taylor, and I just keep thinking, Nixon Zell like, is Chris Taylor. Like, that's the player, like, he could be if, if everything clicks for him. Um, and, and a guy like Chris Taylor, it took him a long time to – you know, that, that's the thing. We got to try to remember, Nixon Zell has frustrated the hell out of me over the last couple of years, but some players, they just – they click for whatever reason at certain years and the the talents there, you know, he's got that speed. Um, Something that could be kind of interesting to me, you know, if the reds don't actually go get a a legit center fielder is, is maybe you have Sinzel and Barrero kind of fighting for center field farmer as your sort of shortstop, but, and, and maybe those three Sinzel not playing shortstop, but those three kind of fight over the playing time for those two positions. That could be kind of an interesting way to to look at it. And maybe you know, uh, maximize some of your value there. Hmm. I,
0: I, I love,
2: love I love so Barrero, like I love Barrero as a, uh, a center fielder shortstop. Give me as many players that can do both of that as you can. That just that you cannot you cannot have enough players that can play both of those positions.
1: Have you said that before?
2: I've said that a million times. I'll keep saying <laughs> it. Sorry.
1: Nick Zobrist,
2: Nick Zobrist, let's go. Jose Zobrist.
1: <laughs> Make them all sound
0: Yeah. And then of course is this the last guy that I miss
1: anymore? Nick's no. guy. They're all these are all Nick's guys.
2: Yeah. Jeff Hoffman is not my guy. Oh Come gee, on
1: you stood on that Jeff Hoffman Hill plenty of times this year.
2: Not as Don't like play. a I, I said he's fine to be a, have a roster spot, not necessarily. Um Hoffman the 1.1 million and again it's it's like such a it's a percentage of the contract if for the if he's you know cut 15 days before camp starts Um, I think in terms of the money it's a no-brainer to keep him as starting pitching insurance I just don't know about the roster spot Do the Reds think they can use that roster spot for someone else that's really I think what it comes down to the money for a starting pitcher even one that's slightly below league average that's not much but can they use that roster spot? That's the question. I just don't know the answer to.
0: I got you there. Yeah, I don't know. I thought he pitched pretty well in the bullpen last year when like he came back from his injury. We'll see. Uh, you traded for him for a reason, obviously, because you were getting out of Bob Steve. And you know he's had he definitely had his ups and downs. I went to his two really good starts, so maybe it was just like when I was there, he pitched really well. I don't know. Let's
2: see, Tim's the yeah. Jeff Hoffman guy.
0: Yeah. 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 He wears 23. I like people who are 23, big fans of those guys. You know, I don't know. I'm just kind of blinging it here. So, yeah, I think that's kind of the non tender group. We'll kind of see how things shake up as the offseason goes on. Uh, we did get a couple more questions in there. I want to touch on uh, any ticks on the new coaching hires by the Reds today?
2: Uh, that's from Nathan. Sorry, Nathan. I got nothing. I know nothing Damn. about any of those guys. That's why I didn't even put them on the list. Um, if you're looking for more hard hitting coverage on, you know, the Reds, backup assistant to the regional manager hitting coach you gotta like read the cincinnati inquiry or something i'm sorry yeah i don't really know
0: anything about it either then max asking where will trevor story play obviously cincinnati obviously
2: i thought st louis but i I saw a report that they are not looking for a shortstop. now that could just be you know right position or whatever but i thought brian
0: Brian kelly said the other day he was gonna stay at notre dame we saw that show up tonight
2: Too soon, right, Tim? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe LA. Yeah, Yeah. they they lost Seager. That could be kind of interesting. I don't know, Carlos. You got any idea where he ends up?
1: Yeah, I mean,
2: I'd say probably LA. Maybe the Yankees would make sense too. It it probably, you know, maybe the Yankees. um, Yankees or Dodgers, the loser of Craig. It's uh, or maybe the Astros to throw them. The Tigers. Yeah, I guess the Tigers. And, yeah, so maybe one of those who doesn't get Correa. You know, I think that's story is probably the backup plan for Correa for a lot. The of Mariners
1: years. have a shortstop?
2: Yeah, they have. Yeah. Um, what the hell is his name? It was from the Phillies, Crawford.
0: Yeah, J.P. Uh, Crawford. That's right. J.P.
2: Crawford, kind of a solid shortstop. Not, not, not a you know, lead shortstop or anything, but he's an above, above league average. Shortstop. Like a
1: Kyle Farmer type?
2: Yeah. A little <laughs> bit better hitter, but not as good of a glove.
0: Now, yeah. so what, the, what contract could the Reds offer Clint Frazier to put pen to paper? I don't really have an answer as far as the numbers there. Um, I can't imagine a lo- it would be a, a ton, right? Because he got a DFA'd. It's probably well,
1: like a two year deal or something.
2: Well, his his uh, trade rumor, MLB trade rumors, arbitration estimate was like just over $2 million, and any team could have picked him up off of waivers he cleared waivers so no one picked him up for that guaranteed 2 million so it would be less than 2 million so that's a move man i i'm shocked no one has done it i don't know maybe maybe frazier and his agent are saying hey let's wait it out you know after the cba after teams have 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 signed more guys and see if maybe we can get something maybe he can get a more incentivized laden deal um later in the offseason that he wouldn't be able to get now, kind of once the market's gone. I agree.
0: Um, I want to ask you guys real quick before we get out of here about one guy in particular I saw that was non tendered uh, as a kind of where, you know, we've been talking about the potential to moving around the rotation. What do you guys think about the potential of Matthew Boyd pitching for the Reds next year?
2: Uh I love that that deal. He was I think set to make about eight million and and got non tendered. Uh, that's a guy with a lot of upside. Yeah um, um, had a really good twenty twenty um, kind of a down 2021, but that'd be a guy I'd love to, to have, uh, you know, Derek Johnson have a chance to work with and, uh, and see who's, I mean, I could definitely see him outperforming what, what you would have got out of Wade Miley. So, Same. Know, yeah, yeah. I, I definitely think he'd be worth a shot. Just, it just depends probably, you know, what his market looks like. He's probably gonna be another one of those guys that's going to want to wait as long as possible to, to sign a deal, be it, you know kind of after the markets, you know, establishing teams have missed out on other guys.
0: I, I would love to see the Reds give it a shot too. I'm, I'm in the same boat as you. Um, I'm, I think, you know, the upside is just definitely worth taking a chance on, even if it's a minor league, non-MLB non invite, whatever they call that for spring training. See what he brings. Remember when they did that with Dontrell Willis? That was awesome.
2: I loved watching Dontrell Willis pitch. Same. He was very good when he was with the Reds. But, man, he was just – he was so fun to watch.
0: I went to a game that he started – I think they might have been playing the Nationals. He threw seven innings. I gave up, like, two or three runs, and he went three for three at the plate. And I was like, this is awesome.
1: Hmm. Yeah.
0: A triple ass. Triple, I think. Yep. Yep. That was that game. Yeah. Nick always, like, I'll, like, tell him some, like, little mini thing that, like, I remember from a game I went to, and he'll be like, yeah, I have the video. Like – I went to this game. I remember, like, literally, I was seven <laughs> years old, where Deion Sanders got hit with a foul ball in left field, and Willie Green hit a grand slam. And Nick's like, "Yeah, here's the highlight reel." <laughs> Thanks, man. Appreciate it. I love it.
2: So, Any, anyone out there needs needs to to to, to see a uh, Reds highlight from when they were a kid. Let me know, I'll, I'll find it for you. One of my few skills <laughs> in life. <laughs> Uh, but with that
0: being said, we will go ahead and wrap up this week's edition of Late Night Reds Talk Live. Uh, thank you all for tuning in. Definitely appreciate it. Uh, shout out to the crew at the Believe Podcast Network, Bet Online, all of them. Check us out on all your major podcast networks, whether it's Spotify, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Google, Stitcher, Bananas, Spider2Y, you name I heard it. Radio. I I Heart Radio. Amazon Music.
2: Amazon YouTube. Music. YouTube.
0: Most importantly, YouTube, yes, uh, will be out there. And also, like I said, I always say, five-star reviews for Christmas would be great. So thank you all for tuning in. Have a great night. We'll talk to you next week. And go Reds!